You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Hey, here we are. Well, folks, I've got another rock star guest today. Uh, Epek Williamson is an international insight coach and author, and you may have even heard her voice before guiding you through a meditation if you've used the Insight Timer app, an app that I recommended on this show two and a half years ago uh, when I started the podcast. It's in one of my first four or five episodes. She's also a public speaker, an event pro. She's been on podcasts and radio shows. She's a featured contributing writer at BizCatalyst 360. She's all over the place. I'm lucky to get a moment of her time today. She joins me now from Ontario, Canada. Welcome, Epek Williamson. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure and honor to be with you today. <laughs> well, you've been on my radar for a while. I'm glad that we were finally able to uh, set this up. Before we dive too deep into <clears throat> your coaching practice and uh, the books you've written, let, let's get a little bit of your background. Uh, you're you were born in Turkey. You're from Turkey, right? But you're a Canadian citizen now. I know that you worked as an executive assistant for many years, but fill in the gaps. Give us the nutshell version of where you grew up and take us through your life uh, to where you are now in, in Ontario, Canada. Thank you. Yes, you are right. Uh, I was born in Istanbul, Turkey uh, in 1969, an October day. <laughs> and... And um, I grew up there. I had a happy, uh, very happy childhood. And then um, I, when I was um, 21, I got married. And then I had a son. Uh, and the, this, we, with my husband, we decided to uh, move to Canada. And uh, we applied to come to Canada. And then 9-11 uh, happened. Oh. So a Canadian uh, embassy stopped uh, all the paperwork for two years. So normally what would take a couple of years, maybe took five years for us to get. Yeah, and then we came to Canada. Finally, uh, we came uh, in 2007. Uh, then my marriage was broken. And <laughs> in two years, my husband went back to Turkey. We got divorced. And I stayed with my son uh, all by myself in a country where I don't have anybody, any family. Uh, but I survived uh, because uh, I I was an executive assistant, as you said. In Turkey, I worked with uh, the same uh, executive for over nine years, 10 years almost, and uh, in a one of the biggest uh, pharmaceuticals company there. But then when we moved to Canada, I continued as an executive assistant with another uh, pharmaceuticals company uh, that was doing business with our company in Turkey. Okay. So uh, that was so uh, fortunate for me to get a job there. And um, I worked and I uh, raised my son. Uh, in the meantime, I uh, met with my husband, now husband, mm -hmm. my Canadian husband, Craig. And uh, <laughs> we got married in 2014. 
and I was continuing my uh, career as an executive assistant, uh, which ended abruptly <laughs> in 2018. Actually, that's the story I tell in the Mission Hope book. Okay, well, you're answering several questions I have for you. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. Well, yeah. let me ask you this: uh, going back in your history, did you grow up in a Islamic family mm -hmm. in Turkey? Uh, so, as you know, Turkey is a 99% uh, Muslim country. Right. And of and of course, I I was born as a, as a Muslim, mm -hmm. but my family has never been a overly religious uh, family. So, uh, and and you know, uh, people who know Turkey well, they know Atatürk, Mustafa Kemal Atatürk, and he uh, he was the one who modernized uh, the country and. Uh, liberated the country and gave so many rights to women right uh, so uh, yeah i don't i don't think of, i do think of turkey as a as an islamic country but i don't think of it as like a fundamentally you know islamic country like iran or you know uh yes right absolutely like that's true that right. is true and and <laughs> i was raised uh very open-minded very um culture-based and uh, learning-based uh, education. And um, so I, I can't say I ever um, practiced. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't a big deal then for you to move to Canada and and not openly practice? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, even with your family that's that's back, you still have family in Turkey, right? Of course, all my family is there, but as I said, they are not uh, really strict uh, practicing uh, right. Muslims. Right. So um, we have a very modern uh, setup there. Yeah. All my family, my friends, uh, that's uh, that's a beautiful, open-minded uh, yeah. community. Yeah. When you got the divorce, did you not also want to return to Turkey? What made you want to stay in Canada? Good question. Uh, the reason why I wanted to come to Canada was to give my son a better future. At the time, uh, there were some economic uh, crisis and problems going on in Turkey. Hmm. And uh, the education system, uh, when you go to public system, it's not uh, strong enough. So we had to send him a, to a private school, which was really uh, hard to afford for mm. years and years. So uh, we found out that Canada is great at uh, public uh, education. Right. So we really literally came to Canada uh, to create a better future for our son. Uh, so I did not want to go back because that would uh, not be right. I, that was the main reason <laughs> what, why I came to Canada. Was your son born in Turkey or born in Canada? He was born in Turkey. He was uh, when we came here. He was grade seven, and uh, uh -huh. and now so he can he can speak Turkish then. He can speak Turkish. He can write Turkish. Uh, he's he's Turkish is really good and uh and good thing i stayed he uh became a 
engineer. He okay. graduated from uh, uh, McMaster University uh, with a degree of mechanical engineering and management. Nice. And I'm so proud of him. Mm, that's awesome. Yes. Well, um, wow, it's, it's a fascinating story. I, we could do the whole podcast just on your bio, honestly, <laughs> but I want to <laughs> talk about other stuff. <laughs> Sure. Um, let's talk about insight timer. Uh, I I've been a fan of that app, uh, for years. I, I think I had heard your voice before I knew, before I knew you, before I even know, knew of you. So like it was later I found out, Oh, she's a, she leads guided meditations on insight timer. I may have actually gone to sleep to, you know, <laughs> to, <laughs> to your have, voice yeah. before. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, like I said, at the beginning, you know, I've recommended it. Um, so how did you make the, the pivot you started to talk about a little bit, and I think that's when I interrupted you. But how did you pivot from uh, executive assistant to leading guided meditations on Insight Timer? And you know, how did that transition take place to going from doing that sort of thing to being, you know, being important in the corporate world to now being important in the mindfulness industry? Mm-hmm. It's well, it's a big question, but. Uh, <laughs> When I was still an executive assistant, I started meditating myself because I was uh, very stressed. Uh, the uh, I was burned out, stressed. And then uh, while keeping uh, with meditation, uh, I lost my job. Uh, my last job uh, that is not on my LinkedIn profile, by the way, I don't want people to go to my profile <laughs> and see my last job there and think that, oh, these per- people were nasty to her. Uh, yeah. It's not the case. I got a couple of restaurant jobs I don't put on my profile. So, don't, you know, the last ever job I had as an executive assistant uh, lasted only two and a half months and I was let go. Uh, and uh, it was a really kind of an ego death for me. Mm. Uh, I felt like I'm nothing. I'm zero. Mm. I'm worthless. <laughs> but what saved me at that time was meditation, really. Mm. Uh, because I was already uh, practicing meditation, then I started to practice it more religiously. And I wanted to learn more. Uh, received some training on meditation and then through meditation through connecting with myself uh, better and deeper I found out what might be my next step in terms of uh, a practice Mm -hmm. which brought to me in front of me it's coaching yeah because what I want is to make people feel better Mm. be better and be more successful, be use their full potential. Yeah, that's so interesting. Like what stuck out to me when you were telling me the story and you used the words, you know, you felt like I'm I'm a zero, I'm worthless. That's so ironic, you know, considering what you do now, because you actually instill confidence in people. And you uh, I, I think in your words, I've got them here. Hang on. It's, uh, you know, you, you're an expert at turning every I can't into I can. And so having experienced, you know, that feeling of like, ah, I'm worthless. You know, I was let go of this job or whatever to now coaching people to not feel that way. That's, that's quite a a leap in the opposite direction. Opposite, Yes. And you know, one of my hashtags is I am the Phoenix. 
Oh, I uh, love it. Nice. Because because I I was there. I was burning. Mm. I burnt, burnt yeah. down, and then I re- I was reborn, uh, and I motivated myself looking at myself that wow I was there and now I'm here so if I could do that at the age of 49 50 Mm. anybody can do anything whenever they like time is not uh, uh, something that uh, stops us from doing creating uh, accomplishing things uh age is not something that should stop us i i agree i feel like i'm getting better <laughs> as i age as I'm, I'm in my i'm actually i just turned 47 and uh i'm like you know what i'm better at 47 than i was at 27 <laughs> oh you're gonna get better and better and better like, i am living the dream right now because i i got to be myself 100 yeah. mm. authentic like what you see is what you get with me right I am doing only the things that give me joy. Mm. Uh, that's my motto. That's, that's my awesome. North Star, joy. Mm. Uh, when I turned 50, I uh, I said to myself, that was my promise while uh, blowing the candles. From <laughs> this moment on, I will only do things that give me joy. Yeah. Nothing else. I know. You know, people uh, talk about the midlife crisis. It, it wasn't a crisis for me. It was a realization that like, you know, life is uh, too short for me to stress out about all these little things that really don't matter in the big scheme of things. So like when I hit my midlife crisis age, I actually, you know, had a midlife enlightenment. I don't know. <laughs> it was like it was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love when you said uh, midlife enlightenment. It's, it is. Well. What, but, you know, um, when we start seeing uh, adversities uh, as gifts that bring us, that brings us to where we are supposed to go. Mm-hmm. For example, when I turn back now mm-hmm. and look at that nasty experience that I had when I lost that job Mm. I see it as a gift because without that I wouldn't be here speaking to you right now absolutely I uh my wife and I were having a conversation not too long ago about regrets and I was talking about a moment earlier in my life and like oh you know I sort of regret it and uh I said but I, I can't regret it because if I didn't do that I wouldn't be here, you know, like the chain of events that led me to being here with my wife, you know, here in Japan and happy, that chain would have been broken if I had not done the thing that I was talking about. So it's like, I can't regret it, even though it was kind of a a darker or bad period uh, time in my life. So I don't regret it. (laughs) You know, Mark, it's about surrendering Hmm. to the universe, God, whatever you believe in that. Whatever is happening is always happening for you hmm. and not to you. Well, let's talk about the uh, the latest book that you mentioned earlier. You are a contributing author, author to a book right now called Mission Hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Char Murphy on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that that prompted me also to, like I said, you'd been on my radar for a while. And I'm like, well, I've, I've got to interview Epec now because uh, I saw that you had written for that book as well. <clears throat> and uh, And I know you've written some other books. We'll talk about that in a sec. 
uh, too, without giving too much away uh, because we want people to buy the book. What did you what did you write about in Mission Hope? So, as I said, I I wrote about how uh, devastated I was when I lost my last job as an executive assistant Mm. and uh, how I felt, how I uh, went through all those feelings and how I just found my life purpose through that experience uh, and how I grew Mm. from that. So um, actually, I wanted to give hope to people who read that because so many people are going through this kind of stuff. Yeah, for People sure. lose sure. their jobs. People lose their relationships. All of a sudden, they feel like their identity is taken away from them. Yeah. And, and it's normal to feel that way. But there's always... When when you are at the bottom, always uh, like rise comes after that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, so it's darkest before dawn. Exactly. Right. Uh, so I wanted to give an example of hope from where you where I was, mm-hmm. where I am now, mm-hmm. uh, and if I can rise up from that. Anybody can do that too. So uh, that was a, a story of hope, creating hope, bringing hope to people's minds who who might be going through something similar. Yeah, like you said, a lot of people are right now. So I, I think it's it's good timing on this the particular topic of that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've written or contributed to other books as well. You've got a children's book entitled uh, "Little Fauna Is Loved, Safe, and Never Alone." Yeah, that's it. Nice. Yeah, for the for those listening, she's uh, showing me a cover of it right now, um, and as well, you've got another book for adults: uh, "Live Your Life in a Meditative State: Easy and Fun Ways of Meditation and Mindfulness for Everyone." Mm-hmm. Yes, I yeah. love I love that. I talk about meditation and mindfulness being fun. I think some fo- folks who don't understand that or don't understand much about meditation or mindfulness, they just look at it as like, "Oh, you just what do you do? You sit in the you sit on the floor in a room and just close your eyes or you, you go to the top of a mountain and meditate for five hours. You know, that it sounds so terrifying to some people who've never done it before. Um, but the, the title of that second book, it brings me to this Epec. Uh, every episode I do a segment called five minutes Zen, where I try to give the listener some just down to earth, practical advice that they can, they can think about for five minutes and hopefully implement in their day and in their lives. So my question for you is that, and it doesn't have to be Zen related. It's just uh, I, I tailor my question for whoever I'm, whomever I'm speaking with. My question for you is, what advice would you have for regular folks uh, who don't necessarily study meditation or mindfulness? Um, what what advice would you give to begin living in a meditative state? And that is, this world is full of distractions, maybe more so now than ever before in the history of humanity there's just so many distractions everywhere how do we tune some of that out and stay in the present moment as much as reasonably possible how can we practice that Hmm. Um, so that was exactly the uh, reason why I wrote that book because um, I started doing uh, meditation master classes 
to uh, introduce people to meditation and how easy it could be. Uh, because I believe that there are as many people as uh, meditation styles in the world. <laughs> uh, everybody has their own style and it doesn't have to be a strict way. Uh, so with that book, I put together that mainly that masterclass and uh, put it out there so that it could help people to understand uh, how easy meditation and being in a meditative state could be mm -hmm. and uh, to give you a few examples uh, meditation is not sitting in a lotus pose <laughs> while you're very uh, uh, uncomfortable and for 20 minutes or anything you can do meditation anywhere right and even for the people who don't uh, meditate, who want to meditate and start to meditate, I always tell them, start with 10 deep breaths. Mm. Just that. Nothing more, nothing less. Right. Every day, every day for a little while, as long as you like, mm. do that. 10 deep breaths in and out. Mm. Long and deep breaths. That's it. Then when you feel like you want to go one step further, go to Inside Timer. <laughs> Absolutely. Find, find a one-minute meditation. One mm. minute. Because right. there are one-minute, two-minute, three-minute meditations. Just start small. Mm. Do one-minute meditation. Then go to two minutes. Then when you feel like it's, it's not enough anymore, go further. But mm. do not do it before you feel like, I want to do more yeah and and to, to people listening I, that you know that might hear this uh and may not realize insight timer has plenty of uh there's lots of freebies on there i mean you, there's a premium edition you know you can get access to more stuff but there's some just freebie guided meditations on there and you know you know it it doesn't cost you anything to go check it out and to go down absolutely it. i that's why that's exactly why i'm with insight timer because uh, I had a meeting with the CEO of Inside Timer, uh, Christopher Plowman, and he said uh, the recorded meditations and live sessions are uh, so important to me to uh, have accessible to everyone mm -hmm. uh, because the world needs it. Yeah. And exactly why there are thousands and thousands of meditations free of charge for everyone to uh, enjoy yeah and also live sessions i do for example two live sessions per week and so many amazing people show up from all over the world mm. it's unbelievably wonderful sweet uh, community <laughs> we are creating there uh, and that's exactly why I'm there uh, nice. because it's so accessible and free. For, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's, there, you know, there's premium stuff if you, if you want, you know, but there's definitely enough that if you, if you're having any doubts about it, go check it out. It doesn't cost you anything. And I think you're, I think you'll be impressed. That's why, like I said, I recommended it two and a half years ago before I even do you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes 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 so yeah so and meditation going back to meditation uh, topic uh, people uh, 
think that you need to have you have to sit down and be quiet and meditate that's good that's one way of meditation right but while uh, doing your chores you can meditate meditation or mindfulness more mm. uh, so is concentrating on one thing at one time and being in flow yep. so you can meditate while eating your food of course I, I look at it, look at it and see see it as if you are seeing for the first time. You can put it in your mouth and try to feel all the tastes and smells that it brings. So it is a meditation. Yeah, when I, I first started studying mindfulness, <clears throat> I, probably 20 years ago, I had read a book uh, by John Kabat-Zinn and um and I think it was in that book or either in a, a subsequent class that I took later on that we did. And I think it's a sort of famously a famous uh, mindfulness exercise, but it was like a raisin meditation raisin. where you just, yeah, you just feel the sort of grooves and everything, you know, in the raisin. You do. And I, I remember doing that and just like, I've never thought so much about a raisin before, but it, it's sort of life changing, you know, because you do you just in that simple exercise you start to realize like, what else am I missing out? I've been missing out on the details of raisins all these years. What else in the world am I missing out? And it's a lot. <laughs> There's a whole lot that I haven't, that I was taking for granted, not paying attention to. And you're right about chores. I've, I've talked on here more than once about, I do uh dishwashing meditation. <laughs> like every, yes. every time I wash the dishes, I just, I feel the sensation of the water going over my hands. It's just, I'm in the zone. I don't know. Nothing else exists except me and these dishes when I'm doing it. And it oddly, I don't mind doing the dishes. Yeah, <laughs> my, and my wife loves moment, it. <laughs> yeah, at that moment, you are in the meditative state, right. right? You are living in the meditative state. That's exactly what I wanted to uh, have people understand through that it. book. Yeah. Yes. Well, Epec, uh, where can people find you? I, I, your website is epecwilliamsoncoaching.com. Uh, I'll put that in the notes. And uh, I guess they can follow you on LinkedIn. Is that where you primarily are? Yes, I am on LinkedIn, but uh, I'm also all over uh, social media. I okay. may, best best place to find me is my link tree. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Yes, I'll, I'll put that. I'm glad you told me. I'll, I'll put that in the notes so that that way people can just pick and choose where if they're on Twitter or wherever they are. Exactly. Because that is the place where they can find everything I do, everything I offer, um, all my meditations, inside timer and everything. OK, well, I will put all that stuff in the notes. Mm -hmm. Well, folks, that is it. Um, go get Epec's latest contribution, Mission Hope. Um Go buy her other books. Go get on Insight Timer. Do all that stuff. Do that first. And then if you got three or five bucks laying around after that, help out this show. This is a listener-supported podcast. You can find out how to do that by going to zensandwich.com. It's right there at the top of the page. You could do a one-time donation for any amount or become a monthly supporter for as little as three bucks. Epec, you are a wonderful inspiration. It has been a delight. I'm so glad I finally got you on the show. And I'm very grateful for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much.